y'all. Welcome to Up Close. I'm Tori. And I'm Chad. That's my husband. I'm the uh, husband. <laughs> we are getting up close and personal and talking about some relevant topics, uh, particularly around pressures of dating, marriage, etc. We actually have the co-founder of Marriage365 with us today. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to get a little up close and personal with just a story from us this past week. And uh, babe, do you want to share what we thought? Guys, girls, I was sweating bullets. I landed on my flight back from Atlanta. It's 11.20 p.m. and my wife looks at me as we're driving back home. She's like, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, well, it's 11.20 p.m. I, I haven't slept in a while. What would you like to talk about? And she's like, I think I'm pregnant. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and um, about three days went on and we just found out about two days ago that she's not pregnant. We're not pregnant. But uh, speaking of feeling the pressures of life weighing down on you, man, and that the rest of the car ride home in silence, I, I was feeling the pressures of life. <laughs> well, we're not pregnant, so now y'all know. To continue the theme of our Up Close and Personal podcast, I'd like to introduce our guest, Casey Kasten. We're up close, right? We're very close right okay, now. Okay, good. This I feels can, good. You're in my bubble. Am I in your space? I thought you were supposed to be naked. Okay. Whoa. Oh. And I'll tell you why I said that. <laughs> Casey Kasten is the co-founder of Marriage365, yeah. which is an online resource for so many people in different relationship situations, whether they're married, dating, single, no matter what it is they're in, he's able to educate you on where you're at. Yeah. Whether it's a sticky situation, he even may encourage you to have naked conversations, <laughs> which is actually something we're really excited to talk about. We love it, yeah. And but we're so, gonna be fully clothed. We're gonna, we're fully we're clothed gonna for this. keep our good. clothes on for this one. Right. So we yeah. should define what nakedness means. Yes, <laughs> Wait, that's yeah. a good point. Yes. So, so, so how did you start Marriage 365, and what does nakedness mean to you? <laughs> wow. I don't so think I've ever been show. asked that kind of question. So, so Megan and I, you know, the irony is not lost on us because we're probably the least likely to succeed couple. I mean, if there was something that could have gone wrong, it did go wrong in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so for us to be able to stand up and, and really encourage and promote healthy relationships, I think, is, is this like comedic moment for me that I come back to all the time. It's like, we get to do this mm -hmm. despite our story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we overcame so much. And we realized this. Hope is not a strategy. Mm. Right? A lot of couples jump into relationships on the whim and the love drug of the dating and engagement years. Yeah. And they don't expect what really transpires inside of marriage and Real the hard life. work that it yeah. takes. Yeah. And so because of that, you know, my joy is to actually walk couples all the way up to the altar as an officiant. Mm. And I've officiated thousands of weddings. I've actually heard that you're one of the most desired officiants in Orange County. And so if you're looking to get married in Orange County, you need to reach out to Casey Kasten. Sure, there you go. But it, it, you know what it is, is early on I started to interact with couples and I would ask them like, hey, what's your game plan for after the wedding, yeah. right? Because that's the, their consuming thought is wedding, 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 wedding. You're planning. speaking how soon his after, love language right now. How soon after the, the wedding are we talking here? Uh, what? Or, you know, is the game plan, like immediately after the wedding? Well, yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, the night of our honeymoon, it, it all started to turn worse for us. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Know. Is that something yes. that's too personal to share? <laughs> well, I mean, our story is everywhere online. Mm -hmm. um, but I did wait to have sex until I was married. My man. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> loved it so much that uh, yeah. the bracelet came off. And... 
there was so much expectation going into that. And so let's just say the first time wasn't all that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> round two was expected. And, you know, I got denied. And, mm-hmm. I, of course, it was at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh-huh. You know. right? And there's this crazy expectation. I thought, you know, once we get married, we were going to set the clock for how many times we were having sex. Totally. Like, I thought that, you know, we're going to wake up every morning with a hot cup of coffee and do devotions. I had this <laughs> over-idealized version mm-hmm. of how things should be. But that's not reality. And the mm-hmm. tension that that this fantasy mm-hmm. versus what real life is mm-hmm. like yeah. of managing the mundane mm-hmm. of the shopping lists and, you know, running down the aisles of Target. Love I Target. thought it was supposed to be, be the beaches of Tahiti all the time. Yeah. Right. And so it just it, it really twisted and made me an angry person. Mm-hmm. I was never angry before. Wow. I was never an angry guy. And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I get married and I'm like. Walking around steaming and, you know, frustrated Mm. because this fantasy that I had, this hope that I relied on with no game plan, with no, like, structure of here's how you communicate, all came crashing down. And it started from right after the wedding. Wow. Wow. That's that's so important for both of us to hear because Mm -hmm. I think one thing that's, you know, that happens in, like, the the Christian faith is that people tend to sprint to the altar. I wasn't raised in the church, but I've heard about this phrase of ring before spring. Yes. You know, and and do you think that that fantasy is actually really dangerous and how it makes Christians speed up the, maybe the dating process? Yeah. So I think there's, there's a couple reasons why. I mean, you know, we're taught in the church, well, you you need to wait to have sex until you're married. Mm -hmm. And then there's probably a, faulty theology that, and then God's going to bless you with like the Willy Wonka factory of sex. Mm -hmm. So that expectation doesn't happen. That's a frustrating thing. But what we do is we're like, well, I I don't want to have sex until I'm married. So I should get married to have have sex, sex. Mm -hmm. but they don't understand the purpose behind sex or even the reasons why. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of couples struggle and they'll sprint, you know, we hear from couples all the time because see marriage 365, our, our company we hear all the post, you know, wedding stories, right? Yeah. People into marriage and all the mistakes that they made and all the things that they're running into. And a lot of times people haven't had a good foundation of getting mm-hmm. to know each other. Right. And they think, well, this is the one thing I want to make sure I don't do. Mm-hmm. So we're going to push up the wedding six months. Mm-hmm. And they haven't spent a full year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my, like, yep. you got to do a full calendar year, mm-hmm. right? You got to do all the holidays. You got to do birthdays. You got to do family. You got to do all the seasons, mm-hmm. right? Southern California, it's always yeah. sunny. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you got to live through and the cold, <laughs> you know, the, the frostbite of winter and the, right. the warm, you know, sunny days of summer. So do you think that's like the best way to prepare is really just those deep conversations and having those questions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we wrote a book, 365 Connecting Questions, because the number one way to build emotional intimacy in relationships right. is asking that open-ended question. As I ask good quality questions, we begin to become more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that to us is why we, you know, we had a, a, a whole video series called Naked Conversations. And the idea is, can we shed the shame? Mm. Can we be vulnerable with each other yeah. in a safe environment? And be able to communicate. And those conversations are what connect us. And so asking great questions when you're dating is probably one of the best pieces of advice. Mm -hmm. I I think, 
Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're both so excited to talk yeah. to you. Um, I think one of the biggest things that really helped Chad and I was that we were friends for years. I mean, yeah. so like. Not always by my choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the friend zone. If you oh, don't know zone. our story, he was in the friend zone for a couple years. Um, but it allowed us to have so many conversations. Yes. And then when we actually started dating, we were really intentional with those questions. And mm. kind of like you said, I love that, like, shedding the shame because yeah. I think it's so important that, like, Chad and I had conversations that were really hard and discussed things that neither one of us really wanted to talk yeah. about. Mm. Um, I remember when I told her about I, I told her about my problem with pornography. Mm. I, I, wow. It's funny. I talked to some friends. I, I, I had said, you know, we're, we're officially a couple. It's been a week. I'm living in Los Angeles. She's living in Florida. Mm. And I'm like, I feel like I need to, I need to confess to her. I need to let her know that this is uh, a piece of me. It's not all of me, but it's a piece yeah, of me. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Yeah. It's so early. You don't want to, you know, hit her with all those heavy things. You might scare her off. And Lord knows I've been waiting like four years for her to hit me at that point. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and <laughs> I, I honestly, I have to give her so much credit. I share this story way too often, but I said to her, I was like, you know, I just want to share this, this piece of me. It's something I'm actively working on, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And she responded with, that doesn't scare me. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. And so I went ring shopping the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was just like, Please don't tell me you told her that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> no, but honestly, that conversation made me feel so much closer to him. And what's actually funny is we weren't even technically dating at that point yet. We weren't, like, officially boyfriend and girlfriend. And But it made me, like, feel like, okay, like, this is my person. Like, yeah. he felt so vulnerable. It made me want to be vulnerable with him back. And then... Like before, like he said, like I don't even think we had officially kissed as boyfriend girlfriend at that mm -hmm. point, but I like knew I was gonna marry him. It's hard when you live three thousand miles away. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and I'm gonna yeah. tell you right now that probably while long distance dating is probably the the worst season of dating ever, yeah, it's probably the best. It was so good season. for us. Oh, yes, so, so good. good for because us. you take away the having to primp the hair and yeah. smell good and and even the sexual tension of yeah. like, I'm really attracted to this person. Yeah. And when you're on FaceTime or Skype, all you have left really is to develop that friendship, yeah. right? Cause that's, that's just, that's the time you and get. That's what we had. You don't have the distractions of walking around the mall and, and, and the self-conscious thoughts that you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I find that the, the healthiest relationships really do focus on that friendship because the key to a great marriage is friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, we go into dating engagement and then we kind of lose track of that friendship during the mm -hmm. wedding planning phase. And then we get married and then we're like, uh, now what? Yeah. Keep doing what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Keep, keep being keep friends. Yeah. Go out on dates. Go out on adventures. Like yeah. keep that conversation going. Yeah. And I think that that's hard to watch couples intensity and love for each other cool off when the mundane of life kicks in right. and they go, wait, this wasn't like dating. Date mm -hmm. And remember, dating is all the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Marriage is the hard stuff because now, you know, we got to buy a toothpaste life together happens. and, you know, clean up after each other and, you know, scrub the shower walls, you know, and they, right. that's not fun, but you're doing it together. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to have resources like yours, because number one, a lot of guys, and you may know differently, but a lot of the guys that I've met, 
aren't always willing to be as vulnerable to just seek out, you know, resources or mentorship or discipleship, mm. whatever your yeah. flavor is. And so having something online that you can like mm -hmm. low key sign up for, it kind of yeah. gives some <laughs> anonymity. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah it gives exactly. some anonymity uh, to it. But I remember I was talking with a friend when I first moved to LA, he was a newlywed. He actually had been married for, I mean, still newlywed, but almost a year. And all of us guys who weren't married were asking the questions like about, about sex and just like all this stuff. And he's just like, and he's, he's Southern. So he's like, like, bruh, <laughs> like, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> he's like, bruh, marriage is like 90% hanging out. Yeah. You better like who you're hanging out with. Yes. And I'm, and that hit me because yeah. he, he, he said all that stuff's great and all, but like, I like who I hang out with. Yeah. I like them as a person. I like them as a friend. Yeah. You know, that's one of the hard hitting questions we do ask couples that are actively sexually engaged. You know, like mm -hmm. I said, because, again, we hear all the stories post. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the common comment I get is, well, we we're dating. and The sex was great. Mm. So we decided to get married. <laughs> oh, right. Wow. Which only after marriage. Right. You can understand the, the ludicrous mm -hmm. of that. Of that. Yeah. yeah. But. We often ask, like, so if you removed sex off the table, what do you have left? Right. And that's, that can be something that's really mm -hmm. hard question for a lot of couples to answer. And so yeah. one, of the, one of the things that I don't hear talked about a lot, but one of the things I always talk to my couples about is I said, you know, your relationship's only as old as long as it's non-sexual. Mm. Okay? So let me uh, explain this. So while you are dating, right, you're evaluating is this the person I mm -hmm. want to spend the rest of my life with? Is right. this the person yeah. I want to go grocery shopping with? Is this the person I want to laugh at their jokes for the yeah. next 50 years? Mm -hmm. All the dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. King of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you're evaluating that. And there's that, that tension before sex. Because sex is a very powerful bonding mm -hmm. thing, oh, right? For sure. And so we, we know that and we understand that. So while before that happens, we're like, are you the right person? Are you the right mate? We do ask the tough questions because there's there's no loss there. Right. But once the sexual tension is broken, and one of the things I see early with couples that have sex Wait, early so on in the relationship. It's broken as in it's not there? I'm sorry. Or you've... Yeah, let me define that. So they had sex. Okay. okay, I see. What happens now is you move into a space of maintaining the relationship to keep the sexual intimacy there. Oh, okay. So you, you taking notes, baby? <laughs> so you, you don't ask the hard questions right? because the sex is great. And remember that there's so many hormones oh. that are released during sex. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, there it's the bonding is. hormone, the oxytocin. <laughs> this, this connects mm. us, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, God created sex as a very powerful bonding yeah. agent. Oh, for sure. I call it like the beer goggles of marriage, right? Because <laughs> you have sex with That's your spouse and you're like, good, yeah. you're like, hey, oh, wow. all right. Well, you know what? <laughs> oh We're doing great gosh, now. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for guys. They're like... I don't even remember what I was bad about it's anymore. it's more me. <laughs> I do. I'm so honest about it. I, yeah. I, it is what it is. But, like, it was so funny when we first got married because if we had any type of tension and then, you know. Yeah. And he's like, and then, wow, babe. What, what do you mean, you know? You know. We had <laughs> sex. Um, and then he was like, babe, it's like it fixes everything for you. Yeah. And I'm like, Amen. yeah, pretty much. See, well, I think it's a powerful weapon against the enemy, you know, because yeah. I feel like the enemy wants to, like, pull you towards bed before marriage and then pull you out of bed when you get married. Yes, yeah, and, and actually that's that's another thing too. I think that the enemy recognizes that. Mm -hmm. And and I've said before, like, you know, the, the enemy's tactic is to get you in the bedroom before marriage, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then once you're married, 
his whole tactic revolves around getting you out of the bedroom totally. and keeping you out of that bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so the, the rise of sexless marriages mm. is like a, it's a real thing wow. where couples just stop having sex. I never forget the truth that was shared with me on my wedding day, which was if you want to make a great marriage, make a great you. Mm. Ooh. That's and good. that is probably the underpinning truth of Marriage 365 is, you know what, you don't have to work on your marriage with your spouse. You don't have to work on your dating relationship with your partner. You have to start working on yourself. And so mm. I think that's like the I big red that. flag is when someone is unwilling to grow themselves right. or go to therapy or go to premarital yeah. counseling or take a course or, you know, learn about themselves. That is a huge red flag. Yeah. If you are dating and that is something where you're encouraging that person to learn mm-hmm. and they just are stubborn, that's not going to change. Right. Yeah. And that will lead to years of frustration. Like, why don't you want to learn? Yeah. Right? And I have such a heart for, for girls who are single. And I always tell them, I'm like, you need to become the person, you know, mm-hmm. that the person you're looking for is looking for. And you want this amazing Christian man. Well, you're not going to find him twerking at the club. You know what I mean? It's like you have to Amen. become the person that that Amen. amazing Christian yes. man is looking for. That's so good. And, and then yeah. also on the other flip side of that, then they come to me, well, well he has great potential. Ooh. And I'm yeah. like, mm. I love that. You know, Ooh, I'm yeah. like, but we don't date him for potential because yeah. his actions right now are speaking very loudly to how he's going to act, mm-hmm. you know, in marriage. And I, I love what she said. It's just like, if that person isn't acting or, or even wanting to grow now, who says that anything's going to change in marriage? I think they're only going to get more comfortable. Yeah. You know? Well, let me just say, confidence is the new sexy. Yeah. Right? Confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Hello. Well, hello. Uh, confidence is the new sexy, and the pathway to confidence is the process of self-awareness and self-discovery. Can you say that for me one more time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The pathway to self-confidence is self-discovery and self-awareness, which means we're processing through things. We've processed through past relationships. We know we take ownership and accountability mm-hmm. for our actions. Mm-hmm. We're willing to apologize. We, we really we are in touch with even our emotions and what we're feeling in the moment. We're able to express that. Those kind of characteristics is that even if you're single and you are looking for that mate, right. that's the process you start now. You don't want to start Amen. that when you're dating. Yeah. You, as a single person, you actually have this beautiful gift of being undistracted totally. to invest in yourself and to grow mm-hmm. and to, to work through you know, 60% of millennials were, were raised in homes with absent or blended families, mm-hmm. absent fathers or blended families. That's, that's a number for us, mm-hmm. right? So, and I had it all growing up. So I, had a pro- I didn't process any of that, wow. and I dragged it all into marriage. Mm-hmm. So aside from someone being willing to be, like, I guess, unteachable or not go to counseling or something like that, what are some other, like, juicy red flags that you think <laughs> that you know that the yeah. viewers can be on the lookout for because I think that there's this thing called the halo effect I'm sure you've heard of it where someone walks in maybe for a job interview and maybe that person went to the same school as that person then they have the halo effect and pretty much everything they do or say for the next 20 minutes is just good because they found a common similarity mm. but I think people in especially in early relationships I don't like to call it the honeymoon phase you know because people said that we were in that you know, but we were long distance. As far as I'm concerned, the honeymoon isn't 3,000 miles apart where you're no. asleep in your own bed without, you know, that's not a honeymoon. No. But so, so what are some red flags that people can 
take a really sober look at the person that they're considering mm -hmm. dating or maybe about to get engaged to that they can be on the lookout for. That's great. Um, so I, I probably, again, go back to a willingness to learn. Mm -hmm. That'd be a huge red flag. Yeah. And the way to tease that out, I mean, like, for example, so we have resources online mm -hmm. that are, you know, nobody has to know that you purchase them. Yeah. Yeah. But inviting them to watch something, inviting mm -hmm. them to learn, um, asking questions, you know, tell me about, you know, what did your dad teach you about money? You know, and you start to inquire. And, That's and, a good one. And when, yeah. Yeah. When you start to ask, and you get a lot of I don't knows, that's a sign that someone has not spent the time processing through mm. their life, childhood mm -hmm. trauma, past relationships. When you ask, you know, like, well, so why did your relationships end in the past? And they mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. Those types of things. Those are signs that, and again, it may not be that person's fault that they're just totally rejecting. I mean, we live mm -hmm. in a very distractible culture where at any given time we can amuse ourselves with our mm -hmm. phones or TV or entertainment. Right. Yeah. But to actually turn everything off and to sit down, I mean, that's a, it's a rare quality. Mm -hmm. um, I think another red flag would be someone that, now I want to put this lightly, but mental health. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think a lot of people do have the, the savior complex, like I, I'm going to be able to heal him or yeah. I'm going to be able to save, that, save her from yeah. that. Right. But those are real red flags, not that that disqualifies someone, but that someone should be totally aware of what they're walking into. Because mm -hmm. we get a lot of conversations about people are like, well, I, I knew he struggled with depression, but you know, now we never go out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what you signed up for. Right. Yeah. So you need to know that. Mm -hmm. So that it's like going into marriage eyes wide open. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of get the beer goggles on when you get married. Right. We, like husbands, the, the change that happens is really in our own hearts. We transition this identity and we forget that marriage is about friendship. Mm. And so the habits that you set in dating, I think are really important, asking the tough questions and really going and leaning into those. Another one would be avoiding topics, right? Mm. When some, a red flag, it's, sorry, it just came to me. I know it's kind of heralded no, back good. to the last point. Go for it. it. Yeah. When someone's unwilling to deal with a difficult topics, that's a huge red mm. sign. Yeah. Right. Is there specific topics that you've seen? All of them. <laughs> the, the uncomfortable ones, yeah. mm -hmm. right? It's the, it's the show for the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, hey, we need to talk about, you know, I don't, f here's one. When I'm with your parents, I hear them kind of talking bad about you and I don't see you sticking up for yourself, oh. right? You Wait, so that's a common one? Yeah. Wow. Or they say something to me and you're not sticking up for me. Oh, wow. Right. And so they don't they don't, you know, mm. pardon the phrase, they don't have the balls to stick up to their yeah. parents and say, yo, that's my wife you're talking to. Right. Knock mm -hmm. it off. Yeah. And so I don't want to deal with that or avoiding it. I'm uncomfortable with conflict. And so mm. when we talk about the difficult topics, I'm feeling like this is a distancing emotion mm. and I don't want that. But I don't know how to deal with emotions. So let's just not talk about it. And wow. hopefully it'll go away, right. but it never does. Wow. So mental health really does have a lot to do with it because I feel like starting there and it bridges all the way up to your confidence and your willingness to have those really harsh, not harsh, those hard discussions, mm -hmm. you know, with either your spouse or with your family of your spouse even, you yeah. know, it can, I feel like that can be 
something that kind of stems from that self-awareness that you spoke about earlier. What was that quote again, the, the self-awareness one? Self-confidence comes from self-awareness and self-discovery. Discovery. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And so that that's the only pathway, excuse me, mm -hmm. to self-confidence. Yeah. So, yeah. So what would you say in terms of, because I feel like when you were sharing a little bit of your story and how marriage got hard, mm. I feel like it all kind of came back to unmet expectations in a oh, way, yeah. like this yeah. fantasy of what it was going to look like. And you had an expectation of the coffee and devotions in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. So how would you say for the single listeners out there or just anyone who's not married yet, how to set realistic expectations so they don't get in trouble once the vows are said? Yeah, I, I think you, it, it's the best thing you can do is find a married couple and just, you know, hunt them down, mm -hmm. stalk them, yeah. especially the ones that you see that are doing really well and mm -hmm. go like, I'll take you out to lunch. Yeah. I need to ask you all the questions. Tell me what it's really like on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the best way to prep. I mean, nothing prepares you for marriage except for marriage. marriage right. yeah. So you've got, you, you need to like listen to the sage advice of, you know, a, a couple that's been through it and is willing to be naked right. mm -hmm. with you and say, totally. hey, Let's talk about sex, baby. No, let's talk <laughs> about money. Let's talk about yeah. everything. Let's, I'll tell you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. That sets the realistic expectations. Um, you know, we have an online premarital course and, called Happily Ever After. Mm. Happilyeverafter.org. <laughs> um, shameless plug. But one of the things we talk about is the best way to step into marriage the healthiest way. And this is probably like, if I want to save the world and lower the divorce rate, it's got to start before the marriage right. starts. Yep. Yeah. And setting the right expectations, getting good communication habits, how to deal with conflict, family of origin stuff, mm -hmm. how to talk about sex in a healthy way. Do you realize most married couples don't talk about sex? Hmm. Which is crazy because... Do we you, talk about sex? Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. Right. And that's what makes you healthy. But, yeah. but if you told a dating couple like, hey, by the way, I know you like to talk about sex now, but when you're married, you'll never talk about it. That's you know, interesting. They'd be like, what? you're crazy. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> I love talking about sex. Yeah. I mean, it's the one topic we want to talk about. But um, to have all those healthy conversations, set the right expectations going right. into marriage. Yeah. Oh, man, can save you so much heartache yeah because it, it is it stems from unrealistic expectations i love that i feel like we could talk forever and i know that we have to wrap this up but i just want you to share anything that you have going on that the listener might need to know well i encourage you to check us out marriage 365 on instagram on facebook marriage365.org but i think probably the best way for i mean especially if you're single or dating or even newlywed mm -hmm. our online premarital course is a great practical like nuts and bolts. I mean, we talk yeah. about how we failed through marriage and what we did to make that work. And there's an assessment that you get to take that actually changes the way you interact with the course, mm. delivering kind of the most needed content first. So it's really cool. There's some worksheets and some bonus content. It's really awesome. Wow. I love, I love it. That. I want to keep talking to you like after this little <laughs> thing is over. Um, but anyways, we just want to thank you for coming on. I know that we, I mean, we got a lot out of it. And um, yeah. I can't wait to have some more naked conversations. Yeah. That's <laughs> my fold. You guys go do that on your own time. <laughs> for now, let's get some tacos. Yeah, yes, right. tacos. I appreciate you being up close and personal with us.